Welcome to the Washington Weekly, a ministry of Washington Baptist Church. This podcast is devoted to getting you into God's Word and equipping you to serve. I'm your host, Trent Henson, Associate Pastor. On today's episode, I'll talk about the Bible verse that missionary Ann Judson said struck her to the heart. And I'll also interview another member of Washington so you can learn more about our people and our ministries. Each week, I talk about specific Bible verses that impacted people or situations. My aim is to show the transforming power of God's Word. Today, I'll talk about the Bible verse that caught the attention of missionary Ann Judson. Ann Judson was the wife of Adoniram Judson. I enjoy studying the lives of missionaries, but Adoniram and Ann Judson are my favorite missionaries. Their passion to reach the lost, their confidence in the Bible, and their steadfast hope amidst suffering is truly inspiring. Ann Judson was born December 22, 1789, in Bradford, Massachusetts. As a child, Ann was described as lively, adventurous, and cheerful. By age 13, she was popular and attractive, and therefore always in demand for parties and other social events. She looked forward to these social functions, most of which were hosted by her parents, who had dedicated a portion of their home to social gatherings and community entertainment. At this point, she was happy, enjoying the pleasures of life with no thought at all about her salvation. That all changed in 1805, when she was 16 years old. A new teacher arrived in their community school. He began to teach that without a true conversion, one would be eternally lost in hell. This bothered Anne and caused her to seriously consider her sin, God, and eternity. One day, Anne was preparing to attend a church service and was ready before the rest of her family. She picked up a book and began thumbing through it. It was then that she saw the Bible verse that would impact her. It was 1 Timothy 5, 6, which says, But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. This is what Anne wrote in her journal about this moment. Quote, The words were written in italics and struck me to the heart. I stood for a few moments amazed at the incident, thinking some invisible agency had directed my eyes to those words. End quote. This verse disturbed her because her life was centered around the pleasures of friends, parties, and social gatherings. She wanted to truly live. At that moment, she vowed to stop attending these parties and to think more about her relationship with God. However, she found it hard to stop. She became keenly aware of her sin, and she struggled with peace. She didn't like the thought of a holy God who would send people to hell because of their disobedience. As time passed, she shared her thoughts and struggles with her aunt, whom she considered to be a godly woman. Her aunt shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with Anne and encouraged her to spend time each day reading scripture and praying to God. Anne did as her aunt instructed and later described the change in her life by writing, quote, I began to discover a beauty in the way of salvation by Christ. He appeared to be just the Savior I needed. I saw how God could be just, saving sinners through Him. I committed my soul into His hands. 
I now began to hope that I had passed from death to life. I had sweet communion with my blessed God from day to day. My heart was drawn out in love toward other Christians, and the sacred scriptures were sweet to my taste. Oh, how different were my views of myself and of God from what they were when I first began to inquire what I should do to be saved. I felt myself to be a poor, lost sinner. This view of myself humbled me in the dust, melted me into sorrow and contrition for my sins, induced me to lay my soul at the feet of Christ and plead His mercies alone as the ground of my acceptance. Sin in myself and others appeared an abominable thing to me, which a holy God hates, and I earnestly strove to avoid sinning, not merely because I was afraid of hell, but because I feared to displease God and grieve His Holy Spirit. End quote. Wow, you can tell that Anne was truly converted by the way she described God, her sin, and her Savior. In 1806, at 16 years old, Anne publicly professed a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Shortly after, her parents, her brother, and her sisters were all converted and formally joined the Congregational Church. Actually, a revival of sorts went through the town as over 80 families converted to Christ during this time period. After a short while, Anne began to feel a passion for lost people and even a call toward missions, and she was not alone. In 1810, when Anne was 21 years old, four young men in her community volunteered to go overseas for missionary work. This was unprecedented in American church history. At this point, American churches were sending missionaries to the Native Americans in their areas, but they had never sent anyone overseas. This was the beginning of the American foreign mission movement. Anne's father hosted a celebration for these men at his house. One of the men was Adoniram Judson. It was basically love at first sight for Adoniram and Anne. They had an instant connection because of their passion to serve the Lord and reach the lost. One month later, Adoniram wrote Anne's father a letter asking to marry Anne with the understanding that they would immediately leave to go overseas to share the gospel and possibly never be seen again. Anne's father gave the letter to her and let her decide for herself if this was the life she wanted. Anne responded two months later, on August 8, 1810, by writing, quote, I prefer the will of God to my own. I do feel that His service is my delight. Might I be the means of converting a single soul, it would be worth spending all my days to accomplish. Yes, I feel willing to be placed in that situation, in which I can do the most good, though it were to carry the gospel to distant heathen. End quote. Now that word heathen meant lost, unreached people. Adoniram and Anne were married in February of 1812, and 12 days later boarded a boat to travel to India and ultimately to Burma to share the gospel with unreached people groups. They were the first commissioned American foreign missionaries. Numerous struggles and difficulties came their way. They spent a year at sea. Anne delivered their first child on the journey, and it was stillborn. Anne suffered from sickness from the very beginning. 
Her second child would die eight months after birth due to disease. Six years after their arrival, Anne was so sick she had to travel back to the U.S. to receive medical treatment. But as soon as possible, she returned to Burma to be with her husband. In 1824, shortly after her return, England declared war on Burma, and Adoniram was arrested on suspicion of being a spy and spent over a year in prison. Anne walked miles every morning to the prison, pregnant with their third child. She would care for Adoniram and petition for his release daily. Exhausted from her travels and sickness, Anne died in 1826, just after Adoniram's release. She was 37 years old. Their daughter Maria died shortly after that. Anne is buried there today in modern-day Myanmar. Anne dedicated her life to translating the gospel into Burmese and Siamese for these people. She wrote catechisms and school curriculums for the children, and they laid a foundation for a lasting church in a land of previously unreached people. Today, over 600,000 people in that area belong to Baptist churches because of the Judsons' work. Anne Judson committed her life to Christ and never looked back. The verse that started this journey was 1 Timothy 5, 6, which says, But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. Anne Judson wanted to live life to the fullest. She found abundant life and true pleasure in serving Christ and doing God's will. Today, my guest is Josh Sterrett. Thank you, Josh, for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. Well, tell me about you and your family. All right. um, I'll start with my wife, Alicia. Um, We'll be married 15 years at the end of the month. Um, She's an awesome mother to our three beautiful children. Um, And she's just a great person. uh, She's put up with me for 15 years, so (laughs) that's... uh, that's a testament in itself, but no, she's a, she's a great person with a loving heart, um, works for hospice. You know, she's got a, she's got a long history in hospice, which, um, as everybody knows, is kind of a difficult, uh, field to be in, but she's, she's done it with grace and, and beauty. And, uh, she's done a great job with that. So I love her very much and, and proud to call her my wife for 15 years. Um, also got a 12 year old daughter named Louisa. She'll be 13, uh, next month. Um, she loves dance. She's very artistic, um, both with painting and uh, projects that she does, which is, is she's very good at it. And I'd like to see her carry that on through, you know, as she gets a little older. Um, she's an all-A honor roll student. Been, been great to uh, have her in school and uh, been very easy with her. Um, and she, uh, she loves her pets. She... Uh, Loves her siblings, and she's she's been a blessing to us and our family. Uh, got a nine-year-old son named Leland. Um, he is a AB honor roll student. He's he's a little more difficult, uh, as most boys are, um, than Louisa. But he uh, he does good. Uh, gives us gives us a little trouble every now and then. But he uh, for the most part, he's a good good boy, and he, and he does a good job at school. Um, loves being outside. Um, even even if it's wet or cold, uh, he'll ask to go outside, and, and you know we love that about him, and and kind of give him his freedom. So that that's a good thing. Um, he does ride dirt bikes. Um, he loves doing that, and kind of takes after me in that regard. But um, 
he's he's a good good son and and he's also been a blessing to us um then we got levi um for anybody that don't know levi everybody loves him he's our down syndrome baby and um he's 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 very special he uh He's been very special to us and, and the church and uh, everybody that meets him. Um, tend to get a little emotional when I talk about him, but he uh, he's he's been an awesome blessing. Uh, um, loves Christmas music year round, which has kind of turned some heads if you have him out in public and we're listening to Jingle Bells in July. But <laughs> he uh, he is truly a blessing and and been been so for our family and, and many others um very loving as most down syndrome children are he uh he's just a lover so um glad that god has blessed us with with him and and, and our other two children are, are great with him as well so um that that's a little bit about me and my family and um love it each and every one of them yes well your family is a blessing for sure and i understand you getting emotional uh, about your children that that happened to me uh, I preached on Father's Day and I was preaching about being a father and challenges of that looking forward and, and talked about my daughter Kareth and I bust into tears in the middle of a sermon uh, so sometimes that'll affect you shows that you love your children um, and you mentioned Alicia and kind of her ministry through hospice I'll say that we've had a lot of our people here at church uh, testify about how Alicia cared for them at the end of their life and, and the place where Alicia works and, and it is a ministry uh, something that those families really do notice uh, the care that that she and that facility provide and um, I think that is a true ministry so I'm glad you mentioned that but we are thankful your families here at Washington and uh, the way that, that you are involved so what led you to Washington um well for for most people that don't know <clears throat> and I don't like to tell this so keep it a secret but um I moved here from New York um I was in my early 20s I didn't didn't have a, a plan. I just, I just kind of let God lead me. Um, showed up in Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, was looking for a job. Spearman Electric had an ad in the paper, and um, I met with Greg on a Friday, and he said, "We'll be here at quarter to seven on Monday. You have a job." And uh, from there, the Lord just kind of kept kept leading me and kept blessing me. Um, within a couple weeks, uh, Greg invited me to church, and. Um, I grew up in church. I grew up uh, in upstate New York. I grew up in a in a Baptist church, and uh, went to actually went to school there. Uh, did all all twelve years of, of school at at um, Christian school at, at my church. So um, very familiar with church. Uh, glad to get back in church when I got down here, especially a church like Washington. Um, and, and it was it was simply by the Lord leading um me here because like i said i, I knew nothing about the area I, I didn't have any friends any family down here it's just kind of where i ended up and um he put spearmint greg spearmint in my path and and greg greg led me here <clears throat> and a uh, couple weeks after visiting washington i got invited to the howls which uh <laughs> anybody that knows if you get invited to the howls they they take you in as family and uh, met Alicia, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. That's it. Wow. Well, I did not know that about you either, that you were in New York. Um, yep, born and raised. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, well, that's something, how the Lord works and how he provides. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. 
Well, uh, how are you involved here now at Washington? So I'm involved in Washington in, in several different ways. Uh, me and Alicia are both on the baptismal committee, um, which is primarily led by um, Jerry and Anita Ayers. But, you know, if they're out of town on vacation or whatnot, if they can't make it, um, it, it we're next in line to make sure the baptismal is clean, make sure it's filled up with water, uh, the heater's turned on, kind of make sure the towels and the placements are ready for Sunday morning. And then Sunday morning, we help um, with the, the members that are being baptized. Um, I also help Drew, uh, you know, in anything he needs up there in the baptismal on Sundays. Um, that's kind of something we handle. I'm also on the safety team, um, which, which is safety team, and it also handles golf cart shuttle. Um, so any week you may see me on the golf cart, you may see me in the vestibule, in the, in the children's area, downstairs in the youth room. Um, that, that job handles a, a lot of different areas and a lot of different um, jobs. So um, we could always use help. Anybody out there looking to um, help out at the church, not sure where you should be if you have uh, any kind of safety experience or just want to try something new. Um, I know Greg Moore and, and the team would love to have you. Um, <clears throat> also, help with Awana, been in games, been over there almost 10 years. Uh, love every minute of it. Love seeing the kids come in on Sunday evening. Love to be a part of Awana. It's a great program, which offers a great um, experience for the young kids. There's Bible time, there's game time, which they love, keeps them coming back. And uh, they truly learn stories from the Bible and are introduced to different stories and stuff from the Bible that uh, they may not learn anywhere else. All right. Well, I appreciate the way that you do serve because I know one thing about you is you do a lot of those behind the scenes jobs that uh, aren't often in the spotlight, but they're necessary and uh, they're vital to what we do here as a church. I mean, you think about baptisms and we now do baptisms every fifth Sunday, uh, we call Reunion Sunday, and uh, which is a highlight of our church to have people um, baptized and that has that symbol of their salvation there and um, on the safety team and all the things uh, with, with golf carts I and mean, that's one thing we always are in need of sure enough is safety team and getting people on the golf carts and we really realize the importance of that ministry coming back out of COVID as we have so many senior adults who need that ride up the hill because we are on a hill here in Washington and uh, it's hard for them to find a parking space close to the door so I appreciate you and the other guys helping in that ministry. And you mentioned Awana, which is, uh, we have Awana Sunday coming up soon. It really highlights that ministry uh, that we've had for, I think, 16 years now, uh, that our children are really learning those verses and those storylines of the Bible to help them grow in their faith. So thank you for all that you do to serve here at Washington. My last question is always, what is the best thing about Washington Baptist Church? The body of believers is absolutely the number one best thing about Washington Baptist Church. Um, there's a couple instances in my own life where the passing of my dad um, got killed in a, in a car accident and the members of this church stepped up in ways like I've never seen. And <clears throat> even more recent, there's, you know, with the, with the birth of Levi, and all, all the struggles and all the challenges that we dealt with, especially in the early days with Levi, 
Um, just the outpouring of love, um, support, both spiritually and financially. Um, the prayers. I mean, you, you really, you really can feel the prayers of this church and the support of the church in times like that. Um, I know Ted, you know, got up and, and talked about the same thing with the recent passing of Iris. Um, just the love and support that this church provides to its members and just to just the body of Christ that is on display here at Washington is truly the, the, the number one um, attribute of, of this church is um, just the way that they love each other and um, take care of their members. Amen. That's an awesome thing for you to say. And I, I've seen it myself that I do think this church rallies around each other. I mean, they really do in time of need or, or even in celebration at times. I mean, it's, it's that type of church. Uh, we're blessed, blessed to be here for sure. Well, thank you for your time today. I appreciate you taking time to talk with us. Well, thank you very much for having me. And, and uh, I appreciate all the church does for us. Josh mentioned he serves in our Awana ministry. Awana is a Bible-based discipleship program for children. Awana is an acronym that stands for Approved Workmen Are Not Ashamed. It comes from 2 Timothy 2.15, which says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This Sunday, July 18th, will be Awana Sunday at Washington, as we emphasize this ministry during our morning worship services. Bill Fugel, an Awana missionary, will speak. Our children will sing, and you'll also hear testimonies from some who grew up attending Awana and some adults who serve in Awana. If you'd like to serve in Awana during the upcoming church year, or if you'd like more information about this ministry, please contact Misty Deer or the church office. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Washington Weekly. Washington Baptist Church is located at 3500 North Highway 14 in Greer, South Carolina. Check us out online at washingtonbaptist.org. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast as you get into God's Word and prepare to serve.